Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, Explorers. I'm Pamela Riccia, and this is episode number 255 of the podcast. It's the 9th of December, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a wonderful conversation with Holly Clark. Holly is mom to two always unschooled children living on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. She shares so many amazing snippets of their lives, which all tie into the idea of choice. The choices we make as parents, the choices our children make, and our choice to support their choices. We also talk about fear about technology, when children want to quit an activity, and much more. As a personal update this week, I'm just feeling really grateful. Lissy's coming home to visit in a couple of days, quarantine and all. Our family plans this year are to lean into that and just hang out. Watching movies by the fire, chatting, baking, hiking in the forest on our property, painting, reading, playing games, maybe making a snowman or two. Of course, these are ideas, not a checklist, and we'll see how things flow in the moment. It's about giving ourselves the time and space to just be and see how things unfold. I have the podcast conversations all set into January, so that feels great. And thoughts and ideas for the new year are percolating away too, which is so much fun. So yes, just feeling really grateful. And before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Melissa Toro. Hi, Melissa. I appreciate my patrons so, so very much. Their generous support pays for the hosting and transcription and contributes to supporting my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the growing podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Holly. Welcome. I'm Pam Riccia from livingjoyfully.ca. And today I'm here with Holly Clark. Hi, Holly. Hello. <laughs> I have been following you online for years now, and I am looking forward to learning more about your unschooling journey. So to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what everybody's interested in right now? Wow, of course. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Um, all right. Well, I'll start with my boy. His name is Moss and he is 13. And my 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 guy is a digital native. You know, he's really into his uh, gaming and he loves anime. Um, what else? Oh, gosh. He plays laser tag in a league. Oh, so, wow. Yes, he. It's like a, it's it's a legit sport, <laughs> and he has just been asked to play for Southeast Queensland tonight. So I'm going to be dropping him off um, at four, and he's going to ha- uh, be with 
basically laser tag professionals. <laughs> um, so he's been playing that for four years now. So since he was, oh my goodness, he started when he was about eight or nine. And we used to just, you know, generally go to a little homeschool laserly, laser tag play deal that we would yep. get for our um, homeschooling community on the Sunshine Coast is pretty vibrant. Um, and then he, he got asked to join a junior league which hadn't been quite set up yet. So they threw him in with the adults as a young boy and he was much shorter. So for safety, they set up a junior league and he has been playing and progressing through the different levels of league for four years, five years now. And he's got a really strong friendship group from that. So he's basically grown up with a whole bunch of kids. They're all teens now. They get together and play Magic the Gathering. They get together and play Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons, sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's another passion of my boys. And, yeah, he's he's got quite a community around him, which is really cool. So that's one thing about my boy. He loves anime. Yeah. Um, always immersed in an anime series and love how he talks to me about it. In fact, he recommended me and my daughter watch Cells at Work um, the other day. So we've been really enjoying learning about cells in the body together. Um, he, I would say he's an amazing gamer in the way of electronic games and tabletop games and RPG games. And he's such a strategist and I love watching him online. Um, and I play with him too. And he just, he decimates me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll move on to my daughter, who at the moment is often playing Among Us. So we're often <clears throat> on our devices, sitting on this big couch I have and trying not to let each other know that we might be the imposter <laughs> by our body language. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's really into that right now. and it's, um, it's been a lot of fun playing with my kids doing Among Us, um, which has just taken off. And I think there's a lot of unschooling servers um, setting up kids who unschool to come and play Among Us together, but we haven't actually joined any. I'd be interested too, but we've just been having fun playing as a family. Um, my daughter is a real performer. Um, you can find her conducting interviews between herself and herself. <laughs> <laughs> playing different roles. Um, she just starred in this beautiful theatre production called Trinity's Tribulations. She's been working with a theatre group for a year on an amazing show and she played a bad guy, a little like kind of sidekick of uh, the evil character and she nailed it. She's amazing. <laughs> she, it, she just inspires me and um, she recently, the week after, she did a monologue with her her theatre group for this big Broadway show that we're putting on. And we got to discover that the acting youth group that we've been going to, the youth theatre group, uh, offers acting for the camera and musical theatre as well. So she's just come to me after that show and said, put me in everything. You know, <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm all about it. <laughs> so... Um, we're looking forward to 2021 and really exploring her world with acting and character development. And um, she loves film editing. She's constantly editing little things for TikTok. 
Um, she'll, she'll film herself gaming and then edit things together and have it in a concise, you know, um, minute that TikTok lets you put on. So she'll narrate herself playing games. She's just really playing with that world. Um, oh, what else is she into? She can be found constantly creating art, <laughs> um, in all sorts of different mediums and ideas. Like at the moment, there is lots of drawings of Among Us characters all around. (laughs) Um, But not only that, she plays in this this group where they just get to explore all sorts of different um, mediums. And, I mean, I've got hundreds of art supplies here, so she's always free to play. Um, uh, she likes to help me cook and what else oh gosh there's so much oh yes she's a really passionate roller skater oh, wow. <laughs> we have a really great little venue down the road um called the roller drome and every friday and saturday night they have big roller skating social nights and there's lights and games and so every weekend you'll find her there. Um, she also, we, we go to a little homeschool roller skating meetup. She's got some real good besties there that she likes to skate with. And then um, another thing she dived into this year, which is relevant because I'll link it in later, um, is that she started artistic skating. And it's a very disciplined form of roller skating. And um, I'll talk about that a bit later, but she's been doing that as well. And they've got a big show coming up in December um, involving Christmas and Frozen and dancing and being snowflakes. I don't know. (laughs) It's a pretty, like, big life she has. Um, But, you know, she loves it. And it's such a joy facilitating these things for, for for her and Moss. Yeah, just that is it is it is so much fun, isn't it? You know, when we drop that persona of, you know, I'm the adult, you know, I shouldn't be playing things. And we actually just connect and engage with our kids. It is just so much fun, right? (laughs) It's great. I learn so much about them as well. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Go that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll get the ribbon. And I just gotta say, Lizzie just took up roller skating. She really? got interested. She got herself a pair of skates. Oh, about a month, month and a half ago, and she's just been in heaven enjoying that. So that was fun. <laughs> oh, it's the best time. Like my my daughter has three pairs of skates. She was doing roller derby um, for a while. They she didn't quite want to jump into that world of the scrim so kind of she gave it away and and explored artistic skating for a while which is a whole different set of roller skates like they're very special very uh for for the kind of movements they need and she's got a big lovely collection of um casual skates (laughs) (laughs) to roll around in Um, yeah Yeah. oh good on Lizzie that's fun it's a, a lot of fun, a lot of freedom. I love seeing her moving and dancing and playing with her skates everywhere. So, so it's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> it is. With the that, that's part of it too. When they're 
because when they're engaged in their interests and the things they want to do, like they have literally chosen them. So it's Mm. not that we've had certain things that we kind of expected them to enjoy. Right. Mm. So they throw their heart and soul into the things that are interesting to them. Right. Like you said, that's how we learn so much about them as well as to what it is that's drawing to them, how they navigate it, what pieces, like you were saying, she was trying different kinds of roller skating and now she's woven her way into artistic and you'll see how that goes as well. But it is just so wonderful to see them following and tweaking their passions, right? As they learn more and gain more experience and and go turn this way and that way and, and, yeah, it is. It's just that whole world is kind of open for them and seeing where they go. It's just so much fun. Yes, exactly. And being available to things that might come up that uh, change the course for a little bit. Um, or, you know, like I said before, she's been doing youth theatre and suddenly her world got bigger when we just did this performance last weekend. And yeah. she saw how much more youth theatre is. And she's like, give it, bring it into my life. And like, <laughs> feel it's like my privilege and my honor to go yes let's make it happen and I talked to her teacher and she said we'd love to have her she's a real star we would love to nurture her so I mean everywhere I go I know (laughs) all right so let's go back for a second because I would love to know how you discovered unschooling and what your family's move to unschooling looked like Sure. Um, that's a great question. I've been thinking about it because I don't know where the beginning of the thread is. <laughs> so um, I'll preface it by saying I've always radically unschooled. It was just uh, from the time I found out that was a thing. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is it. This is so weird. Um, So I had my first baby in 2007 and I knew my baby sleeping on me, my breastfeeding as long as he wanted, and it just kind of melded into um, really just supporting their milestones as they came up, not forcing anything, being open to the way they play, learn to talk, all that stuff, you know. Um, It just kind of was a seamless morph into radical unschooling. And I remember from reading a book, um, I haven't revisited it in like 13 years, so please forgive me, but it was the continuum concept. And somewhere I found on a board people talking about that book, I found that always learning Yahoo group. And that, oh, I just ate it up. So Moss was a baby and I, between him sleeping and being awake, I would be devouring that info and just started to make sense. Through that group, I found a book called, I'm going to show it to you. It's called Parenting a Free Child and Unschooled Life by Rue Cream. Yep. And look how warm it is. <laughs> I've given it away and bought n- new copies. <laughs> it, just, it just was like, this makes sense to me. I want to do this and reflected on my own school experience. And I was a bit of a loner in school. And the one thing that really stands out to me was in grade nine, I had to do this thing where 
previously I've been enjoying arts, drama, um, all the kinds of things that you get to ex- like kind of explore at school, not very deeply, but you know, um, you get a taste yeah. and it had it just made me so happy. And then suddenly I reached this point in my schooling where they were like, that's not on your stream. You can't, you can't choose both or the three things that you like. You need to choose one in favour of math, English and science. And so I got to only explore one aspect of myself there and it always kind of didn't sit right. I was, and I kept thinking to myself, what if... We had an opportunity as kids to deep dive into what we love as much as we want without having to cut it off after 40 minutes, you know. Um, what, what if there was a way we could experience childhood kind of uninhibited by a timeline or a certain kind of uh, someone else's vision of what, childhood should look like yeah so I started to really explore that in my mind and you know I can say 13 years down the track it's been amazing watching these kids just develop so many skills and um um learn to read and and write and um solve problems and um investigate um their, their world uh, without kind of anything inhibiting how deep they can go or if they want to skim over it, they can. And, and, and it's been that, again, that work of me to be available, to be supportive, to open their world up, be their buffer between the world and them too if they need that, um, and just facilitate that exploration so um that's kind of where I was coming from when they were when they were babies and we just kind of continued on and (laughs) never been to school and um yeah just great happy humans (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing and like I love how that 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 mindset that you came to like unschooling with when I uh, got in touch with you and we were arranging our call, I asked if there was an unschooling topic that you were particularly passionate about and everything you said there is summed up in your answer to me. And that was choices. Like that, that was all you said choices. Yeah. I loved that because it is a seemingly simple answer, but even from your earlier description, right? It is so incredibly far reaching because everything, everything in our life is a choice, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. And the big underlying basis of unschooling and radical unschooling is our relationship to our children and who we are choosing to be in every moment with them. Um, Sandra Dodd sums it up by saying, you know, you're faced with a choice, have a look at two options and choose the better one. And um there's you know there might be a moment where I'm tired I've come home with the shopping and and uh my daughter asked me something about oh can I do this now um and you know uh you need to eat I need to eat or whatever and there's this moment where I could be like 
oh, just wait, or hang on, give me five minutes, honey. Let's let's work this out. And and for me, living this way has created this. Um, it's created this awareness or this mindfulness about how I'm reacting in each moment. And I think that is one of the main things to be responsible for in as a parent because our kids will get on with the work of learning and playing and joyfully experiencing things and our work is here being mindful of how we're interacting with that whole world they are in. And that <laughs> moment that you're talking about, like just taking that moment is the realisation that there's a choice in there is that we can make a choice rather than reacting. Like, I love that. Just a reminder to have two choices before you make something, you know, at least two. That reminds you to take a moment and to see that that initial, like, reaction that we're feeling doesn't have to be the answer. Maybe maybe it is the answer in the end. But if at least I've come up with another one and I've yeah. got, then, then it really is a choice. It's not like this is my one reaction because the, this is just my first um, yeah, it's reaction is the best word. But once you can make it a choice, then you remember, like you were talking about, the person that we want to be, the parent we want to be. And also respecting our needs, like noticing, okay, I do need that five minutes to grab a snack. Or I do need that five minutes to put the stuff in the freezer if I'm just coming in with the grocery bags or anything like that. It's like, come with me for five minutes while I have a snack and then we will go do the. Like, there are so many possibilities the minute you remember that there are possibilities, that there are choices, right? Right. That's right. We don't have to see life in, in, uh, in one particular way. We can... Uh, oh, it, once you're mindful that you have this whole world of choices in front of you and uh, you have the power to choose something other than your normal response to things or like especially if you're uh, new to this world of, you know, respecting kids and, and not being in so much control, like oh, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you start to see that there are choices that cause peace and calm and uh, no one has to be made wrong <laughs> in a way. Like um, I want to say something else. Um, um, yeah, so as I'm choosing to support them to get their needs met, while honouring my own needs because sometimes we can perhaps think only about our own immediate needs. And um, a book that I read, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it helped me realise that I can build neuropathways to have more options than only one, one choice. Like there was... And I know unschooling and parenting has done that for me as well um, to create this whole, oh, I'm having it. <laughs> well, I'll jump in for a second. You jump in when, when, when it comes to mind. But 
What that tweaked for me when you were talking about that is, is the shift that I found coming to unschooling to um, being more curious. So I would be so curious as to what the possibilities were of all these different paths. So I think part of moving away from control, and if control is something that you're really, you know, the parenting style that you are quite used to, part of that shift is just recognizing that there are other choices that are just as valuable, meaningful, equal to the control choice. Right. Being able to experiment with other choices and see how that goes. Um, And I've noticed the connection choice seems to always be the one that opens up dialogue, opens up love, opens up support. So, yeah, in that moment of hunger and hot and tired, um, (laughs) they can be like just being real with them about, hey, this I'm hot and tired, I need some food but I'm there for you. Can, can we do this in five minutes? Um, that opens up understanding and empathy from my, my little one. And she's like, yeah, sure, mom, take your time. And the, the funny and most beautiful thing is being that way with my kids has opened up their own, um, something in their own problem solving has, them be able to confidently and calmly state what they need and uh well calmly not always but (laughs) (laughs) uh, but confidently state what they need and be they know that there's going to be respect there um and like yeah sure hey i get i'm getting this hard for you right now how best would you like to proceed like do you need food can can i feed you will that help things and and there'll be there's more of a dialogue in the direction of problem solving together rather than I know what's best here I'm going to and I know what's the best thing for you (laughs) um I mean sometimes I zip in with food for sure but um it's the I'm just even even if like and and moving away from control I think there's a step sometimes we stop off and for a minute is like I know what's best for them I don't want to control them but then I'm just going to subtly use my energy and my (laughs) and and you know just body language to get them to try and do it so you know just a little uh, tag for people who may be finding themselves at, the, at that spot. It's, yeah. it's understandable, but keep going, keep going. Because like you said, that's where you get to those moments where you are real. And so you come home and you're really hungry and they want to do something and you say, I need five minutes. And they, like you said, they can state their needs. They, sometimes they may say, no, I really need this right now, right now, mm-hmm. you know, and then we can adjust because we don't think that they're trying to take advantage of us. At this point, you've got that connected relationship with them and that trust with them. Like they trust that they can tell you, no, no, this is like super important to me in this moment and they'll get it. And we get that back next time. 
Like yeah. when, when we are in a spot where like, no, no, I, I really need to do this. I need however many minutes or not now or whatever, because we've gotten to that space where we're all just honest with each other about our needs. Right. And we work together as much as possible to find that path forward that works for the most part for everybody. Right. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. Um, And I think you've articulated what I was trying to say. Oh, good. (laughs) You laid that foundation beautifully, Holly, (laughs) because that's what was bubbling up for me. (laughs) Oh, um, okay. And so another piece also might be um, supporting our children with what they're choosing and, um, and I know I mentioned artistic skating before and and when that was offered to Lotus, like that expanded her world a lot. Um, that's my daughter's name. Sorry, I forgot to say that. <laughs> um, it expanded her world a lot and she was actually quite excited. And a few months into these private lessons and, and doing group lessons, she's realised that, it has taken the fun out of skating for her. And I was noticing in myself, I was fairly invested in this choice she'd made to explore artistic skating. And and after her first like little mini performance she did with all the experienced skaters, Lotus came to me and she was like, you know, I want to do these solo dances that the big girls are doing. I want to do it. And then I said, you know, sure, let's, you know, do a couple of extra private lessons. Let's get you on the road to that if you like. She was like, yep, okay. And then about a month down the track, she was like, not even getting out of the car. This is like not for me. No, no. And and I had, you know, set her up with skates and invested into the lessons and, um we we had this beautiful moment where we had to be quite authentic with the trainer and choosing to support Lotus in that moment, however invested I was in that journey because <laughs> it's just so beautiful watching these artistic skaters. I mean, they work hard and they're disciplined and they have training routines that basically take over their life. So um, Lotus acknowledging to herself and me that she wasn't ready for that and being supported in that, she uh, was another, you know, she was pretty clear that she was going to stop. <laughs> and for me, um, being able to give her that freedom to choose, even though she was, you know, well down the path of going to her first level and that kind of thing, um, I sat with her and her trainer and I, I said to Lotus, would you like to talk to Marty about how you're feeling? Oh, your trainer about how you're feeling. And she said, I need you to do it. And so, again, that's my opportunity to be her buffer between the world and her. Mm-hmm. And so I said to Marty, you know, we were on this role, uh, road and Lotus has found that it's not for her. And he was so great. You know, he said to her, Lotus, 
I've noticed how you want to have fun and so I've pulled back on how hard I push you in the training sessions because I noticed that was where you were at. And so I really appreciated him in that moment for, for really being sensitive to that about her. But he said, that can't be the reality all the time. And I just want to be really honest with you about if you continue, there will be very disciplined training sessions where I'm going to push you. And she said, at that point, I'm not ready for that. And he said, well, okay, my door is always open. You've you know, come to the social skates. We would love to have you. Um, we we really appreciate we, you. We love you and honour your choice to stop. And so something that was so big for her, being really honest about how she was feeling about this big investment we'd all made into her um, and then feeling supported and loved no matter what was really huge for her. And I've noticed like we were close before and now she's just even more um, oh, she's even more open with me and she's even more uh, loving. Like she'll just come up to me and just hold me and cuddle me and say, Mom, I just love you so much. I'm so glad you're my mom. <laughs> and, and I think that's one of the most beautiful aspects of this life is this connectedness we have with our kids as we trust them uh, in the choices they're making, even if it kind of doesn't go the way you thought it would. Um, and, I, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel that is such an important point about, about how we look, just paying attention to how we're looking onto their interests, right? Whether it's something that we at first don't think is a valuable use of their time or if we get invested in it, we think it's a valuable use of their time and they change their mind or they tweak their path. Like all those pieces, the realization that those are about us and doing the work to peel back. Why, why is it? Why don't we value that? Or why are we invested in that? You know, it's even like the, you know, the disappointment um, if they're choosing, you know, a different path or something that we thought, but that's mostly because we've started projecting into the future, right? Yeah. Started projecting that, oh, you know, I'm going to be able to watch them do this beautiful dancing or, you know, whatever sport interest, whatever that they're interested in, like, they're going to be an amazing painter someday. Yeah, I, it reminds me of when um, outside, like, family would ask what Lissy was interested in and, oh, she's still interested in photography. Oh, she's going to be a photographer. You know, everybody likes to jump to the future. Like there's some, you know, um, like the, the interest is worthwhile only if it's some professional thing or some, you know, standout thing in the future. And it, it can be hard for us to, but to be honest with ourselves about that, but to just know that we don't have to go around, you know, telling everybody that, oh, but to understand it ourselves and to realize, and then to use that to remind us to look at our kids and support them yes. because it's not like it, it's a big thing to them. Like you talked about, she felt, I think, so empowered after yeah. that conversation. And hey, oh, wonderful on the trainer who, you know, spoke oh. to her and met her there and 
and was honest himself, but also like ex- totally accepting of her choice and, you know, the doors open and, and all this kind of stuff. That was wonderful. And for us to be able to support it even and to talk them through it if they don't get as positive a reception, but they feel empowered because we are supportive of their choice. They feel seen, they feel heard, they feel like, and they want to hug you a lot for a while. (laughs) She knows I've got her back and I've often said to her, my love, like no matter what you face in life as, you know, at nine or at 13 or at as you're older, I have your back have your back you can rely on me to help you solve problems and communicate things you need to communicate and that is such a huge piece of unschooling I mean it's a huge piece of parenting right but it's been very magnified for me because of what I'm committed to in my family um to be that person who they can come to um and count on you know to listen and to give them a hand when they don't know what to do or communicate something they haven't yet got the confidence to communicate because they will have it. And a lot of people who encounter Lotus are surprised by her confidence and her ability to just take on anything and um, really appreciate that about her. And I think it comes with the knowing that I've got her back. I'm behind her all the way. And so even if, something doesn't work out we got this we got this together we're a team and you know that's that's a huge part of this whole life for me yes being a really big part of her team Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and supporting choices back to those choices again Mm -hmm. so has there been anything that you have felt um uncomfortable with for a while that you need to that you did some work with? Oh, yeah. Um, So choosing something that we're not comfortable with and when the work starts with us. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I've got two things that I would would say. The first is um, uh, popping Lotus into theatre when she really wanted to. Um, without her really knowing how to read at that point Um, and thinking, will she be able to handle this? (laughs) Because she would come home with scripts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then being completely surprised by this young lady's memory and her ability to be read the lines one or two times and remember them. But not only her own, other people's yeah. as well. Um, and over this year, seeing her read more and more and more and it's just like snowballed. Um, and, yeah, sure, she still asked me some words and that kind of thing. But you know what? It's been, it hasn't inhibited her at all. Um, being in theatre, doing live theatre and not reading everything there is to read. Um, I think this. I read somewhere on Always Learning once way back that often there is this whole thing with unschooled kids. Their memories are just incredible because they haven't been kind of told what you need to know when and remember this for the test and then forget it and blah, blah, blah. So there hasn't been all that noise. And so Lotus just can go into something that she just loves and absorb it like 
and then say it. Like it was just nothing in between that. So that's been really cool. So I realised I didn't have to be uncomfortable at all and all I need to do is keep supporting her as she asks questions, as she says, could you read that for me? Could we read this book tonight? Maybe um, I want to play on Google Translate for a while. Um, There's just all sorts of ways you can create a text-rich environment where learning just can't help but happen naturally. Um, and, and that's been the most cool thing about the theatre journey is really wordy scripts coming home and she just doesn't bat an eyelid. She's like, got this. <laughs> Amazing. So that's been really cool. And my second one I would say is because Moss is um, quite a digital native, he's always been immersed in media. It's been a real big part of his life um and then just you know bumping up against those things like is he learning enough from this (laughs) is he getting what he needs and I really do think it meets a need for strategizing leadership um I I notice now that he will put on the screen the backstory of games and read through reams and reams of words and story and and information so he can pull out what he needs in relation to different characters he plays with. Um, And, you know, having my son be supported in that, you know, since he was quite young, he he jumped into (laughs) video gaming. Um, the, The main thing I've found is what if we have guests over that, aren't allowed so much access to digital media mm-hmm. and what does that look like and um, my own fears about how people view yeah. my my world I've created here where, you know, um, we just got given a virtual reality headset, an mm-hmm. Oculus, by a beautiful, very kind uncle. We're just so grateful. It has been such fun. And even introducing the grandparents to it who do have their own fears around media and watching them play with virtual reality and be blown away by what's possible. And that's really helped bridge a connection between grandparents and my darling little digital natives that I have here. Um, And also finding ways for grandparents to connect with the kids outside of the digital realm. So one thing Moss is into is jiu-jitsu. He's got a really cool sensei. It's a, it's not Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's another kind of Asian origin one. Um, I forgot what it's called. I'm sorry. <laughs> Something that has really been wonderful for my dad is coming over on a Thursday picking Moss up, taking him to jiu-jitsu, to the dojo. Um, there's always a great, you know, wonderful message about personal responsibility from the sensei at the end, which my dad is all about. And then um, they go to lunch. And, and so they'll have some time where they have this time to talk and share and, and be uh, together um, outside of the digital realm because my son is really in the digital realm here lots when he's home so um that has been a wonderful way of connecting people who love him 
to his world. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, if people are facing any judgment from the outside about, you know, this radical unschooling life that embraces unlimited media use, that kind of thing, um, finding ways to uh, be together, uh, connecting passions and interests outside of that. And it just came about through a conversation with my dad. He was like, how can I be there more for you? I don't feel very connected to the kids when they're on their devices. When I'm here, what could we do? And so I had a little look in our lives and said, what if you took Moss to the dojo? It's He would love it. And, you know, it helps me. I can go and do something with my daughter. And, yeah, so it's been a beautiful way of nurturing a connection that otherwise might not have been so vibrant and loving and I see them hug and I and they they laugh and joke together and they it's really really quite cool mm-hmm. because um my dad hasn't always been comfortable with you know Moss will play Apex Legends and Assassin's Creed and there's a lot of blood <laughs> <laughs> well pixel uh, blood yes exactly not really blood but yes <laughs> I love that story. Like, what a creative way to look at it. Like, I love that your dad approached you and asked that, like, that he was yeah. open to something different. And mm. there were just so many little steps along the way. And you didn't take it defensively, like that you needed to, you know, fix something from that, but right. stepped forward and, and thought of the two of them, mm. right? you thought of your sons of Moss's interest in jujitsu, right? And what, how your dad might be able to be involved in that. So it wasn't about trying to set up, you know, something um, that wasn't connected to them. And, you know, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out that too. You know, there's no expectation on it, but that it's like, okay, I know these two people. How might I help them connect with each other in a way that both would enjoy right so and now they're meeting for lunch after the dojo and they hang out for a little bit and you know that's that is wonderful like it's like what does my child enjoy that can be something that they can enjoy with someone else in their life like if someone else is is looking for that kind of connection or asking what can I do how can I help how can I hang out with my grandkids or you know aunts uncles whoever is in their life who is wanting to connect it is it's just so beautiful again back to choice right it's it's thinking creatively as to ways that these two individuals may connect right? And trying to support that, you know, we've been talking about supporting them in their choices. Um, I thought that was just such a wonderful story. What a cool way to work with that. And then, you know, then granddad gets to know Moss better and sees him as a whole person. Yes. That conversation starts games and everything, right? So he learns more and here's the excitement about the gaming piece and the laser tag piece and, and all that, those other bits of his life, he gets to hear more about them. And I think we'll, we'll probably end up valuing those pieces of him more too, because he's seeing the whole person. So anyway, that was just beautiful. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, and I'm watching Moss, you know, when he was 9 and 10, Moss's life, his awareness wasn't so much other people. It was really centred on himself and his own experience gaming and playing these things and um, every single time. We lived with some teenagers for a while who were homeschooled, um, distance education, and they would be up late at night. There, would, there was a table up the top on the deck and there was always games going on between the kids. And when Moss wasn't playing those games, he was on his Xbox and and it would just be a bounce between these really amazing kids and him and his world was very much like that. But now Moss seems to have got this like broader awareness of what's going on around him and so when granddad comes over, he's like, hey, and engages in conversation and they talk and they hug and and Lotus has a, this really love, big love of art and my dad is an artist and a sign writer and in and, and so many things and she can al- already easily connect and it's been this beautiful uh, thing watching Moss become more aware of what's around him and I mean, it would be okay if he wasn't too. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, that is all part of the individual developing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it seems to have this way way of really like lovingly engaging with what's around him much more, and it's it's pretty cool to watch. You know, this wonderful transition into teenagehood um, so far has been an absolute joy. I, I find it's a lot of the same, except he's got much more. Um, He's got a Discord server with his close laser tag friends and they are arranging picnics and they arrange to get together for Magic the Gathering and maybe a swim. So I'm, I've heard you say, you know, you became a driver a lot more at that point to connect kids to their activities they'd arrange and that kind of thing. And this age we're in where Moss can jump on their Discord chat and find out where everyone's meeting and I can zip him over there. It's It's just... It's just awesome. Um, I'm finding it's been a fabulous transition into teenagehood. So um, I would definitely say remaining connected with your kids, supporting their choices and who they are has this lovely continuum into as they, you know, get gigantic and (laughs) grow. And it and another piece I wanted to say, I don't know if it's related to anything, but when they come to you to chat or you're in the car and they're opening up about things, it's such a privilege and I definitely make sure I put down what I'm doing um, and listen in because these moments <laughs> are really precious, like, yeah, very precious, very beautiful having having this teenager come to you and talk about what's going on in his world is like brilliant brilliant and it's not all the time but when it's on no well that's why you need to be open to it and you know because that that leads greatly into my next question or topic that we were going to dive into which is basically the choices around parenting right around our choice of the parent that we want to be the person that we want to be um You know, within the context of the moment, you know, hungry, tired, all those pieces, but 
remembering that, like you said, right there, when they are reaching out to connect, you know, when connection is something that's important to us, you know, we realize it's more important than, than the dishes, than the, the nap, than, you know, whatever else is competing in our mind. And we can, like, for me, it was just that moment to say, no, this is the important thing. When the opportunity arises for conversations, connections, fun, if they invite me to do something like those are going to be my priority and doing that. Right. And that was, I've got a beautiful example of that yesterday. We dropped Lotus off at um, her art group and I had Moss with me. He usually goes and hangs with some friends in the afternoon, but it couldn't happen. And he bought his volleyball. He'd found out about volleyball through an anime. And so we, we go everywhere with this volleyball now. And there was a park next to the building and he's like, Mum, let's go hit this between each other. And we just had an hour of the most fun together. It was great. And then we ended up researching um, portable volleyball nets that he could take over his friend's house because they're all getting into it too. And I found a way we could get that. So we just we had some time and we zipped down the road and we found this great volleyball net and we were able to, you know, purchase it. And so now, like, it's just, again, that diving into their passions and being available to them um, and facilitating their world and taking those invitations to be together really, like, as the number one priority because, you know, he's going to be 18 in five years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to have this wonderful kid too much longer. Not that we will stop being connected. Of of course not. Um, But these invitations to play are precious, I've got to say really precious and they've got to take the top of the priority list over everything else like I was going to go grocery shopping in that hour but it was so much better spent yeah yeah no exactly and don't you find I mean in my experience those more spontaneous moments where there's like an invitation or an idea and we set aside the other you know thing that we thought we were going to do the connection and the energy and the joy that happens in those moments is so often so much more delicious and powerful than any moment that we had like planned oh let's go to the park for an hour and do this because it takes a while to shift. If you even if you've got something planned, you're moving from something else at a preordained time. You know what I mean? So it takes some more energy to get there. But when you're going in the flow of the moment, mm-hmm. that's where it flows, and there's an invitation there or an opportunity there, and you follow that flow. I don't know. Somehow it's it's often so much richer than you could ever plan for, right? Oh, absolutely. It was fantastic. <laughs> and these moments, I'm just going to, I'm going to treasure forever. Like I, I got to be part of their world. Like they're inviting me, you know, their world is so much what they're doing with others or you know, gaming or whatever. So there's a really, it's ve- like you said, very enriching to put aside my plans 
and actually be with the child now. And it's, yeah, I, that would be a real piece I would encourage busy mums who are, who have, we have a big to-do list, right? Yep. But things will get done. They truly will. They will. There'll be time. Um, but if you've got that invitation, just walk into it like with a big yes and um one of my mantras in life is why not (laughs) why not do this (laughs) that was the question I would ask myself literally like in those moments if I was feeling the pull to yeah but I had the dishes and I was planning to do the groceries and I was going to do this thing you know and and they come with something different like change change on a dime isn't one of my strong suits but that was a tool that helped me with that transition. It's like, why not? And, you know, I'd be two or three answers in and none of them were really realistic when, again, it's priorities, right? right. When that's, that's right. the priority. And then after a few times of saying, yeah, why not? Yes. And off we go and we do the thing. It's like, oh my gosh, that was so fun. I'm going to treasure that moment. So it makes it easier in the future to keep saying yes to those. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was so funny last night. We went to the social skate. They had the big glow night and she comes up to me. It was about quarter to nine. She's like, let's stay up really late tonight. And I knew she would get home and just like crash. <laughs> um, I was like, wow, what do you want to do? And, you know, instead of putting my own ideas in the way of, oh, you know, you might be tired tomorrow or whatever. I was able to just enjoy her enthusiasm. She was so caught up in the magic of last night. It was just so fun. And she wanted that to continue when we got home. And we made snacks when we got home and we went to watch Cells at Work because um, we thought we'd snuggle together and do that. But she was asleep in a second. So, um, But, you know, being a yes in life to those beautiful little requests that just make a child's life sweeter is it it's it's something I really treasure about being an unschooler and it's so funny because conversations are so often about you know academics and what they're learning and how they'll get that and this and um but I found really listening to where my child's at what they need in the moment and and being able to be like a yes and not a roadblock is so much fun. And I saw on Joe Isaac's uh, Facebook profile one year, she said, Chief Officer of Fun. <laughs> and I have said that's her job. Yep. Chief Officer of Fun. And I was like, I'm taking that on. <laughs> that's going to be my life. Uh, and you know, it's worked a treat, like being that, uh, what it takes to be that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's tired moments in life. Everybody has them. Like my, my kids will come back from a busy day, be real tired, and they just need space and need time and need food and that kind of thing. So not all of it is like rainbows and unicorns, of course. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm being in those moments where they're not, so alive (laughs) is a nurturing presence for them and still inside of my commitment to be um, their their ally Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I think I have to tell you one tool that I printed out was Joyce's um, unschooling toolbox. I put oh. them all on these like oh. I put them on pretty card and they're there on a bowl on my on my bench and I look at one or two of them every day and they're just the most inspiring things. Um, and they remind me that presence with my children is you know, the most important thing, presence and honouring what they're choosing and being with them as they choose it. (laughs) Yeah. I I loved your story with your daughter and her, that when her, her, her saying she wanted to stay up late, like your realization that, that it was so, it wasn't really about the clock. Or, or the late, it was that she was having just so much fun. She was just enjoying this day and she wanted that joy. She wanted to bring that joy with her home, right? Yeah, that's and right. It, yeah, it, it's not about in the moment so often, it's not about figuring out the logistics of everything, right? Yeah. It's going with the energy of the moment and seeing where it flows. Yeah, right? and not translating that balloon you know like not just letting the wind out of her sails yeah be like yeah what do you want to do (laughs) that's her memories of me when she's grown up like oh my mom was just like so into whatever crazy idea I came up with and we just did it what a joy you know like (laughs) um I think that would be really nice to treasure and I think for people too, um, is, is the realization that these things that our kids are drawn to, they are, they are part of, of them. You know, when they're the choices that they're making, the things that they're thinking of in the moment, when we help them experience them, they learn so much about themselves in that moment. Like, your daughter came home. She was all excited and everything. And she fell asleep before you guys could actually start watching the show. And that was all awesome. Like there is no negativity in that. And she learned a little bit about herself too. Oh man, after, you know, a long evening of skating, I'm pretty tired. You know, yes. All of those pieces, like every single experience is just more um, experience that they are putting in their bucket, right? A little bit more information about themselves, how much they enjoy it. They remember how much they want to do it. Then they get to know how much they enjoyed it, what parts they enjoyed, what parts they didn't. It helps them tweak their path forward, helps them tweak their next choices. If they get to experience the choice that they think is going to be the most exciting for them in the moment, the most fun, mm-hmm. right? They get to experience that and they get to learn from that. They get to see what happens, right? So even, even if it feels like, oh, they just want to do this, 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 they're all doing all the things. But when you take that moment to realize all the things are helping them learn so much, not about, not just about the thing that they're doing, but also about themselves as they have now that experience under their belt to add just their view of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. Oh, completely. So <laughs> okay. So one last question. What has surprised you most so far about your unschooling journey? Oh, wow. I've got so many thoughts on this. Oh, 
one one thing I was super surprised by this year was we went to the Woodford Folk Festival, which is a six-day festival. It's, it's at the end of 2019 into 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was before all the, the COVID massive drama. But Lotus, there's a children's festival there. And I was working as a face painter mm-hmm. in the children's festival, which is what I do on the side for, for people who are having little parties. And... So the Children's Festival has heaps of workshops. It's like the biggest play space you can imagine with all sorts of topics for kids. And Lotus did a stop-motion workshop with her little friend. And I never heard about it. Like she did not say much about the workshop when she did it in in early January. And one morning (laughs) about Three months ago, I think it was, she woke up and went, I'm going to make a stop motion today. <laughs> I remember this from the workshop and this and this is And she, we got everything together for her and she made this wonderful little scene about a frog. And it was so colourful and there was clay characters and different things she'd pulled together from things we have around here. And she put music to it, she edited it, she did all the frames, she did everything. And it was just superb. And that's... I think leading into one of the main things I found with unschooling is a connection might be born and when you just hold that connection with an open palm and allow it to marinate and allow it to just be what it is and don't force more in there, just let the creative process do its work and that applies to also reading, mathematics and everything else, you will find that the kids make these leaps and um, that's what I found with Lotus's reading journey. It's been this open palm approach where I answer the question she has I surround her with an environment that has heaps of text, um, read to her when she wants, um, whatever she needs, and the connections are falling together just like little droplets and it's all creating this whole world of ability. And, sure, she's nine. It's coming along great, but this is the thing that surprised me most about the the unschooling journey is she won't let something little like not being able to read a whole script stop her from acting a character for example and she will find what she needs from life and pull it all together to create a result and um whereas many people are stopped by maybe what they don't know yet oh, I can't do that because I don't have this skill. We know as unschoolers and, and parents who, who make it our business to know how people learn um, that we just learn by doing. We jump in there and we learn what we need to know on the way. So there's no, that's a really big surprise for me about my own kids is even though they don't have everything they need to hang on, that's wrong, um, they will jump into things whether they have all the know-how about it or not. They'll be like, I don't mind making a mistake. I don't mind asking for help when I need it. And 
and I'm going to find ways to meet this need um, and have this outcome. So that's been a really cool thing about my journey with them is watching them do the most remarkable things and not letting anything they don't know stop them. I love that. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful example too, right? Just that they're, they're happy to dive in. Yes. And mistakes aren't judged. They haven't been judged. So it's just more learning, right? It's like, oh, okay, I'll do it this way next time or, or this, that, or the other thing. And I will pick up the things that I know and I'm happy to ask questions and learn things. It It is so much different seeing them in action than what we remember from school, right? It's like yes. the fear of making a mistake, the fear of people seeing you make mistakes, needing to be like perfect and know everything before you attempt something. You know, yeah. it's just a whole different way of living, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a quite freeing, you know, like not being constrained by the fear of what people might think if you don't know something in front of the class or um, getting something wrong or studying and still not with you know acing a test for example all of that noise isn't there for my kids it's just nothing between what they want to do and ex- and exploring it and maybe getting a good result of course but even if they don't get a good result even if it doesn't work out the first time they take what they learn from that and build upon it and um, they have shown me so much about because they just do the work of living and learning, right? We are the ones that have to face ourselves and everything we learned about <laughs> ourselves during like the schooling system yeah. process and that sort of thing. I remember after grade 12, I would have nightmares that I would have like a teacher saying, you failed, <laughs> you failed. And it was really weird that that happened. But what I do know is um, the, my kids are growing up without this idea that they can fail. Like they're just like, oh, that didn't work out. What's next? Yeah. You know, it's, it's been a real joy to to watch this all unfold and connections be made and build and build and build. It's, it's really exciting. (laughs) Exciting. Exactly. That's just a beautiful way to put it, right? That it, our days are just filled with people really just, just living. (laughs) You know what I mean? It, It sounds so simple, just living, but we're all making our choices. We're trying them out. We're seeing how it works. We're, tweaking them up when things don't go the way that we expected. Yeah. I mean, failed um, really isn't a word that we use in our vocabulary, right? Because, because we can learn from the things and make another choice, right? I think it's because we're not trying to follow someone else's path. When you're trying to follow someone else's path, you know, then you're judged as to where you are along that path. And then, that's where more of the failure, you you did it wrong or that kind of stuff. But when you are creating and exploring your own paths, it is just beautiful and exciting to watch, isn't it? Yeah. And it's fueled by curiosity. Yes. 
and not the fear of getting it wrong. It's yeah. it's just wonderful. It's it's a real joy, and I think that would be definitely what has surprised me most is what they can create from just putting pieces together and and what they know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching this movie with my son once and it had battleships in it, like all these warships, and he was like, that's a, you know, T-R-X-Q, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> how do you know this? He's like... Um, oh, I know lots about warships. I played a battleship game and it had all the categories and what they were used for and which war they were in. And he would just point at them and say, that's that. And, oh, that's a very modern one. (laughs) And it was amazing because, you know, I had no idea he was learning about that, playing a video game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the other day we bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is a new release from that franchise. And he said, oh, come in, Mum, come in. I want to do some poetry with you. And there was uh, laying around the map is these these Norse poetry. So we were reading them and exploring the meanings. And then he went up to a man in the game and he said, let's, you know, have a poetry battle. And it's all about candour and timing. And so we learnt so much about people who they would, uh, speak in rhyme to one-up each other. Oh. And that was so fun to explore with my son. Like if I would put a workbook about poetry in front of him, he'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> but in this context, in the context of a game that is really based around a period of time and all of the nuances of that time, I think he's getting, it sounds funny to say, but he's getting quite uh, education about certain time periods because the different games he has um, are all based on history in some way or another, which I find a really amazing thing about games. And, um, you know, if you need a reason to support your child's gaming, like, and find out backstories for the kids and go and research the game on your own just to, you know, discover something about it that they might not know and when you're chatting you know, you might want to drop that in there and see what, you know, they know about that because um, pretty much guaranteed I would know much more. <laughs> I'll tell you, once you're um, connected with them enough so it's not they're playing games, right? Like hmm. you're actually with them. You're seeing what they're doing in there and you start to see, like, for your for the games that your son is enjoying, you're seeing their different time periods and so that is probably a thread of interest for him, right? That history and all those different pieces. And for another child, they may be playing totally different kinds of games and have different threads of interest that are tying their game choices together. But if you just call them games and leave them to it, you're never going to see those really interesting aspects of your child. Like you just learn so much more about them, don't you? <laughs> Yes, you do. Um, I know Moss has always been drawn to um, characters who have uh, bows and arrows. He's and he has his own bows and arrows and things like that. He goes and plays with them. Um, but uh, it's quite amazing to see, you know, the things he loves, uh, the things that he. 
I don't know. How do you explain it? It's like he's drawn to certain things and he loves to play with the scope of them. So he plays in the physical world with them, but he also plays in the digital world with them and really enjoys the freedoms and limitations that different games offer. So there's been a really other surprising thing is how much video games actually teach and you learn from playing them. And I would say that it's extremely difficult. And for if you just sit with your child and see if you can play a game with them, you'll see really how much they're doing. And I think it's a really important piece for people new to unschooling um, and their children are particularly drawn to gaming um, to to get there and get in and do it with them. I mean, you obviously don't have to be sitting there six hours a day with them, but, you know, spend a couple of hours really getting their world about it just listen to them or play with them and you'll see how much skills are really being developed through gaming. <laughs> it's quite amazing. Yeah, it is. It's like, it is like a window to the world, right? And it's a window to your child, what pieces they enjoy, what they're drawn to, exploring all sorts of different things. Like for me, one of my favorite things was being like, for a few years there, I was like the walkthrough specialist, right? As they were trying to accomplish certain things, I could, I'd have the walkthrough in hand. I'd, you know, I remember collecting all the skulltillas <laughs> with Michael. It was uh, some game where he had to, I think it was a, a Zelda game. But anyway, yeah, just helping them with the puzzles. Like you see their mind at work. You see them trying all these different things to narrow and you see them managing so many things, you know, from money and time and and whatever the different, um, the context of the game itself, like learning the history, learning the world, the fantasy world, maybe a fantasy language. Like there is just so many places you can go depending on the different games. Right. And to see that in action, it's you're just so much more respectful of the skill that it takes and the effort that they're putting in to figure things out. Seeing them in action is just amazing. Yeah. Most definitely, most definitely. Watching Moss and me play a game I'm completely unskilled at, sadly. Um, the amount of different things that had to be achieved within one section of the game and that you have to think about at once and manipulate the character to do. And Moss would be doing all that, you know, completely slaying all the bad guys while I'm kind of still working out how to, you know, shoot my little Nerf gun. I know. <laughs> and but he's also reading my stats as well as his and knows how to teleport all around the map to get a result. And, I, you know, it's like if he can navigate that much mentally within that tiny, you know, world of that game, imagine how much neuropathways he's building to navigate different life situations. I mean, that's, again, projecting to the future, which we don't really need to do because presence with our, our children is pretty much the key of unschooling. But I do kind of sometimes let my mind wander to how he might apply problem solving in the world in a, in a situation where he's working or, 
and I can see he's like acutely developed in strategizing and seeing lots of outcomes at once and uh, taking in a lot of data at once. So, you know, that's kind of cool to kind of think about like, and you really get to see that when you sit with your child and play with them. And um, yeah, I highly recommend doing that. Yeah. You've yeah. got anything inside you that's saying, oh, I don't like this, you know, so much time on games. Um, really just being with them is like a real insight into how much it takes to, to conquer a map, <laughs> really. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. And, I mean, I think you're right. The When you see them in action, so much of it is the, the critical thinking skills and the the data management and all the different inputs, like these are skills that they're developing that don't turn off just because they turn off the game, right? I mean, those thinking skills, that creativity to try and figure out a path forward, they bring those skills, that way of thinking, that way of moving through situations with them wherever they are, right? Yep, that's so true. Moss will also often pair a game he's playing with, um, there's a YouTuber who does game theory and I don't understand game theory too well yet. I'm still working it out. But Moss pairs a lot of his gaming experience with the theory within gaming and um, that's quite a fascinating world he's pretty fluent in that, you know, I have that. I've got a learning gap there, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's so cool uh, because this world we're living in. Uh, some time ago, I heard this saying of you know, our kids immersing in their passions is setting them up to live in a world uh, where they're working perhaps in jobs that they create or are created in the future. So there's like there's no skill they're developing as unschoolers living at home, living their passions is going to be not useful mm-hmm. in the, in their future, you yeah. know, whatever it is. I've heard some of your grown unschoolers talk. It's always very inspiring. Um, but I see often what they loved when they were tiny really informed a lot of what they do as adults now. And mm. I just think, who am I to get in the way of that? I love that. I yeah. love that. <laughs> because they're not going to stop making choices when they turn 18 or, you know, whatever that age is. So their path is still going to flow and they're going to find ways that they bring those threads of what they enjoy into adulthood. Okay. Okay. Holly, I want to thank you so, so much for speaking with me today. Thank you. Thank you. It was so much fun. (laughs) I think I've got a workman here working on the bathroom. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Working bathrooms are always good, right? (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's funny. Um, Yeah. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me. So, and before we go, uh, where can people connect with you online? Yeah, I would say my Instagram. Um, I document little things that we're up to. 
Um, and I particularly made that page to just, if unschoolers ever wanted to come there, to just see what the unschooling world looks like, it might be lovely for them to come to my Instagram page. And that's actually called Holly Blossoming. Um, hey. And um, yeah, I'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. I sent that to you. And also, I'm pretty bad at this, but I did start a little page called One Family Unschooling on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. And people can go there, but I actually have been a bit slack with it. I'm really <laughs> sorry, people. I, it's just somewhere people can go and see my thoughts about things like boredom and gaming. And um, I write little things late at night that pop into my head and I'm like, oh, there's an idea. I'll just see what comes out about it. Well, so that's what I love I- about this. So much of it is it's evergreen thoughts. They're, so, you know, it doesn't matter how old they are or whatever, you know, it's processing and thinking about those things. So that's wonderful. I'll have the link to that too in the show notes. A lovely, lovely day. And I hope your bathroom fixing repairs, whatever, go very smoothly. (laughs) We we actually didn't have a shower for nine days um, (laughs) while the guys were fixing that up. It was, it was, we were in quite an old house. So um, it was getting a little bit rotten underneath. So that's all been fixed up now. And I think it's just the tiling on the floor of the bathroom needs a little bit of work now yay that'll be so nice to have (laughs) thank you so much holly have a wonderful day bye thank you see you later i hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey and be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes the conversations never go out of date And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.